to see everyone here this morning. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor, and we are in our halftime show for Come Alive, and I'll get to that at the end of my message here, but we're also in part three of our teaching series that's going to lead us right up to Easter, titled Savage Jesus, and a lot of the times we don't maybe think of the word savage when you think of Jesus, but there are many times where Jesus went after things. He went after sin, he went after oppression, he went after religious barriers that people during his time and in his day had that kind of caused the wall between people and God, and he didn't like it, and he went after it. And so we titled this series, Savage Jesus, and we're going to be in the book of Mark for the next couple weeks leading up to Easter, so if you've got your tablet or your phone or an actual real Bible, you can open up to the book of Mark chapter 10. And if you don't know where Mark is, it is why they have the table of contents at the beginning of your Bible. Use it. Don't be afraid to use it. I know there's that stigma in church. Can I just say that, right? You're supposed to know the Bible, but you don't know where a book is. Use it. That's why they put it there. All right? It's okay. Mark's about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. You land into four guys right there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They write about the life of Jesus, and they're known as the gospel writers. The word gospel just means good news. It's the message of who Jesus is. And they write about the life of Jesus and the death and resurrection of him. And we have Mark chapter 10. And we're going to jump right in to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. It begins this way. Then they came to Jericho. Now stop there. Who's they? They is Jesus and his 12 disciples. These are 12 young men that Jesus handpicked to do life together. To watch him do ministry. To basically say, hey, I'm going to be gone in about three years. And you 12 guys, you're going to be the church. You're going to keep this movement alive. So he's like, hey, I handpicked you all. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were just a bunch of variety of people that he said, come. So they're at this city called Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus. Now let's stop there. Just say this word, Bartimaeus. I enjoy nicknames, so if I was hanging out with Bartimaeus, my nickname for him would be Barty, right? It's Barty. But here's the thing. What we see in, is if parents, sometimes you turn to the Bible for names to name your kids. This ain't one you're turning to right there, right? Can you imagine that kid is going to get picked on? You call him Bartimaeus. Now here we have Bartimaeus, what do we know about him? Blind. So Jesus and his 12 guys, his 12 closest buddies that have been doing life together in this large crowd, all of a sudden are leaving and there's a blind man by the name of Barty right there. And it says here, he, what was Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus doing? He was sitting by the roadside doing what, friends? He was begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And what I love about this story is that the crowd at the time, they got a problem with Bartimaeus' vocal cords. Like, hey, Barty, shut up. Stop shouting for this guy named Jesus. Enough's enough. Stop. You're a beggar. You're blind. Just stop it. But I love Bartimaeus. What does he do? 
he gets louder. You ain't going to stop me, crowd. And he cries out more and more. And what I realize is that the enemy of our souls doesn't mind you begging for stuff. He just doesn't want you begging for more of God in your life. Go ahead. Beg for the promotion. Go ahead. Beg for all the social media likes you can have. Go ahead. Beg for popularity. Beg for those shoes. Beg for whatever. I don't care. You just keep begging as long as you don't beg for God. And all of a sudden, what do we have? Bartimaeus says, forget you guys. You're trying to stop me, but I need to cry out to Jesus in this moment. And what is so awesome, and it's, it's horrible what I mean by awesome, is that the enemy will try to keep you quiet to keep you in a broken state. It's like the crowd. Bartimaeus, quiet. You're blind, you're begging. Shut up, Bartimaeus. Don't cry for me. Then Jesus comes in, he says, uh, call him. Savage against the crowd, the crowd that's trying to shut Bartimaeus up. He's like, uh-uh, call him. So they called to the blind man, hey, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Now, can you imagine maybe being one of them that did that? You're trying to shut the guy up, and then Jesus is like, hey, no, 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 I want him to come to me. And now all of a sudden, you're the one that has to go up and be like, oh, man, this guy's annoying. And now you got to walk and say, hey, cheer up, on your feet, let's go. He wants to talk to you. And then I love what Mark says next. Mark puts this really cool detail in there that we'll come back to. But he says this, throwing his cloak, what, friends? Come back to that. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. Now I want to pause there for a moment. Because in this, in this story, I want to jump in and say, Jesus, what do you think the blind man wants? Right? He blind, he ain't seeing. Of course he wants his sight. But I love Jesus. I, I'm sure Jesus knew exactly what the guy was going to ask him. But Jesus says, I want to hear it from him. I want to hear his heart. Isn't that, if you've been able to be a parent at all, or an aunt and uncle, grandparent, isn't that the way we treat our kids sometimes and grandkids? Like, I, I know, I know you want that cereal. I know it. I just want to hear you beg for it. Okay, maybe not beg. That was a little extreme. I just want to hear you say, hey, Dad, can you give me that cereal, please? Sure. I know. I know what you need. I know you need a hug. But for you to come up and say, Dad, can I hug right now? Sure. Right? And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, what do you want? And the blind man, Bartimaeus, he said, Rabbi, which just means teacher, I want to see. You know what I find interesting in this moment? Remember what Bartimaeus is? He's a beggar. He's not asking for anything physical, is he? He's not saying, hey, hey, uh, Jesus, give me a house, please. I'm tired of begging. Give me food. Go, Jesus said, and your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight. And what are these two words? Are you ready? Followed Jesus along the road. This is one of my absolutely favorite stories in the gospel of Mark. And here's why. Transformation happened to Bartimaeus, right? A beggar who was always going around with his little cup saying, can you help me out? Can you help me out? All of a sudden is completely transformed. 
He was blind and now he sees. And I love that he, this weird detail in there about why did he have to throw off a cloak? What is that about? And it said he jumped to his feet and started following Jesus. But there's a couple of cool things that I want to bring out for you and I that I think you and I sometimes are like Bartimaeus. And I think sometimes we have people in our lives who are like Bartimaeus as well. But one of the things that Bartimaeus had to do that Mark noted was he had to throw off his cloak. But there's so many other things he had to throw off. He had to throw off the crowd, the coat, and the cup. So let's start with this. He had to throw off the crowd. So turn to your neighbor and say, throw it off. Oh, you can do better than that. Turn to your other neighbor because they just need, they need to hear it a little more than your other neighbor. Tell them, throw it off. You notice what the crowd wanted to do, remember? Bartimaeus, zip it. And what did Bartimaeus have to do? He had to throw off the crowd and the noises in order to throw it off to get to who Jesus was. And there are some of us that have to learn to throw off the crowd. You've been listening to so many outside voices in your life. Throw them off. Some of you, you just need to chuck some people in Jesus' name. Just chuck them. Anytime someone in your life is causing you not to live in the purpose and calling that God has for you, you need to throw them off. Throw them off. So turn your neighbor and say, throw off the crowd. Can you imagine if Bartimaeus listened to the crowd? Let's spin that story for a second. He listens to the crowd. What is he still doing? He's probably still begging and blind. Some of us were begging and blind because we're listening to the crowd. Throw them off and come to Jesus. The other thing that he had to do is he had to throw off the coat. Throw off the coat. Turn to your neighbor and say, throw off the coat. Now why did Mark write that little thing right there? Throwing his cloak aside, what does that have anything to do? Well, you got to understand that the people at the time, the government issued beggars a cloak that had an insignia on it. Why? Because now you know who was a real beggar because the government certified them as a beggar versus someone who's out on the street just trying to hustle you. Every morning, Bartimaeus wakes up, he's got to put on that cloak. That certified government cloak that says, I'm a beggar. And as he puts that label and identity on every single morning, he's reminded of who the government has told him he is. He's an outcast, full of shame now, because why? You're begging. And for some of us, we've been wearing the wrong cloak or the wrong coat for far too long. You've been wearing that coat that that coach told you years ago, that you weren't good enough, and you're still wearing that coat today. You're wearing that coat that years ago your mom and dad spoke over to you, saying that you were a failure, you were no good. You are still wearing that today. And for some of us, it's time, listen, it's time to throw off the coat. Because Jesus comes on the scene and says, hey, throw it off because I'll give you the right coat. I'll give you a coat of righteousness and of love and of forgiveness. I'll give you the coat of second and third and fourth chances. I'll give you the coat to be called the son and daughter of the high king. That's the coat you're to wear, church. And so many times, we've got too many people in our lives, we're wearing the wrong coat. And can you imagine that moment? Oh, that moment. I think that's why Mark wrote it. 
that he threw off his coat. And the next words were, he jumped. Because he knows, forget this. I know I've met Jesus. I'm not wearing this anymore. This is not me. This is freedom now. And you got to wear the coat. So turn to your neighbor and say, throw the coat. Throw the coat. All right, I'm preaching. My brain's out right now. I need a drink. Hey, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, get a drink real quick. Oh, and my throat's going out. All right, here's the last thing. I love this story. Because Bartimaeus had to throw off the cup. Every morning when he put on that cloak that the government issued him, beggars also had this. This was his source of life. Not only is he wearing that label now the government put on him, but now this means everything. Can I just get some change? Can I? <laughs> just a nickel? So maybe a nickel? Just give me a warm meal tonight. Hey, do you mind giving me some change so I can maybe buy a blanket to stay warm? And this was everything, was his source of life. And what I feel like today is we're walking around with the same similar thing, things that we think that fulfill us. It's that addiction that we have. I just need it. It's that spending habit, that gossip habit that we have that is out of control, but we think it's fulfilling our needs, and we're just like, I just need a little more just need a little more. I just need that success, that promotion in life. That's going to fulfill me. I just need a little more, a little more. But I need you to know this morning that your God doesn't want you to hold this cup anymore. Your God will not just fill your cup. He will overflow your cup. And your God wants you to set your cup aside and say, listen, I'm going to overflow your life. Forget the cup. Throw it off. My presence will be in your life. And it's the Holy Spirit. You got to throw the cup off. So turn your neighbor and say, throw off the cup. But here's what I know as we launch into come alive. Friends, we've got Bartimaeuses. Maybe we are Bartimaeus or maybe we are around Bartimaeuses in our life. But you got to know it's time to set people free in Jesus' name. It's time to set them free. Can you imagine the jubilation that Bartimaeus went through? Outcast to being a son of God. Following Jesus now, the person on the sidelines the whole entire time. We don't know how long he's been begging, but he's been begging. And everyone knows him in the crowd saying, shut up. And now he's following Jesus. We got people in our lives that God's going to, listen, you're the church. I, 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 I'm trying to change my language with my kids. I don't like saying we're going to church. No, we're going to a building because kids, you're the church. You're God's plan A. There is no plan B. You're his message. Let's go set people free in Jesus' name. You've got the greatest message ever to be told. Go share it. Go share it. And what I have, I have a feeling that people are like, well, I need to change first. I need to be this. No, no, no. Stop asking for change. You are the change. You are God's plan A. So when you sit there and say, what God says is, I, what I want to see through the church will happen through you. 
What I want to see happen through your family will happen through you. What I want to see in your job will happen through you. You're the change, church. You're the change. And I love the way Mark wrote the beginning when we're just getting introduced to Bartimaeus. We know that he was sitting by the roadside begging. But watch this. When he, what friends? When he, <laughs> he heard that it was Jesus. He heard. Our heartbeat is to make sure everyone in this community hears the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone in the surrounding communities that surround 49091 will hear the name of Jesus. And Radiant Life will be the church to make sure that everyone knows who the name of Jesus Christ is. Because he's a game changer. So that leads us into our come alive. Why are we even doing this? Bartimaeus, you came alive. If I interviewed Bartimaeus today, I bet you he said, man, I was dead. No one paid attention to me. I wore that stupid cloak every day. That was my identity. I had my source of life right here. I was just, I was begging. But I found Jesus, and man, something came alive. And so we know that we've seen over the last three and a half years, God's favor and blessing, we've multiplied. We've gone from one service to two to now three and people are coming to know Jesus and God's sending people. And we got to do something because our building will be eventually a lid. And so people coming to hear the name of Jesus. And we truly believe the words that Jesus says in the gospel of John. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the what? Bartimaeus experienced that. If you follow Jesus and you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, you've experienced that full, or some translations say abundant. That that's what Jesus died for, and that's what we want people to experience here. And we want people who once had faith, maybe walked away from the faith, to come back alive. And so we've launched, last year, around this time, we launched our building campaign called Come Alive. And it's a master plan that will take several years to accomplish, and the money tree, of course. <laughs> and if you find it, let me know. And uh, so we have this master plan, and we have to phase it out into certain projects. And phase one is, Lord willing, we'll begin with, uh, with about a month. We just filled out, uh, actually on Thursday, we just filled out our paperwork for our permit with the city of Sturgis to build. The city of Sturgis, yeah, that's awesome. The city of Sturgis says three to four weeks to process your paper before you can do anything. So we know we're right there. And here's some pictures. Our phase one will be the bump out that way. And these are brand new pictures I just received on Friday. So here's part of the bump out there and what's going to transpire. So it's the bump out that way. Your lobby will be much larger than our existing one right there, uh, which is going to be awesome. The ceiling, if you want perspective-wise, that ceiling is about 20 feet. So if you're thinking, well, how big is 20 feet compared to in here? I know from that floor to the tip of the wood beams, not all the way to the skylight, just the tip of the wood beams is 32 feet to give you perspective. So it's going to be open. What's really cool is there'll be projectors projecting onto a wall when you come in. So uh, you come in late and maybe for whatever reason the serv of service is packed, you can stay out in the lobby, speakers, the cameras there. It'd be awesome. We've got this front that says Radiant Life Church. So when you come down the drive, that's what you're going to experience because we want everyone to experience this life that Jesus calls for you and I to have. There's some outdoor seating area that we're going to have. 
there'll be a couple speakers in throughout here. What's really cool is uh, you can hang out there. Like, you can even listen to the message out there. I hope and pray you actually come in here, though, and not because this space is going to be really cool. But you're more than welcome to just hang out with people, <clears throat> excuse me, and just hear the message and hear the worship from out there. Here's another just kind of top view. So we get the bump out of the lobby, and over to, the, to your right, over here, will be our two indoor playgrounds for our kids. We have a lower elementary, so like we're like crawlers, you know, that are just crawling over things. We'll have that for them, and then like more of an elementary, upper elementary play structure inside as well. An expanded cafe, so the cafe won't be there. It'll be bumped out that way, and it's, it's going to be very big. We'll have espresso machines. Thank you, Jesus, for espresso and uh, espresso shots. No, I'm kidding. Not really, but um, that will be there as well. And uh, some a little over here is a little couple of new offices, so we can move back here on location since our offices are not. I know I've said this before. Our current cafe becomes our volunteers. We call our vo volunteers change makers, and that whole area will be dedicated to all of our volunteers and change makers on Sunday morning. So they can, if you're a change maker, you can grab a T-shirt there, grab your lanyard there. We'll have snacks for you. And what we want to do with all of our change makers, about 30 minutes before service, is even with pastor, we want to pray for it with all of us together as a team. So that room is dedicated for you change makers because we can't do it without you guys. You change makers, you know who you are, you know how you volunteer and make an impact. So they gave us a couple at night just with sun setting since the sun sets that way. There you go. And then maybe just a quick with the lights on and different look. But why are we doing this? Because we want people like Bartimaeus to throw it off and come alive. And one of the re our goals is to help the 26,000 people in a 15-mile radius of this campus find hope and life in Jesus. And we believe it. Now, a year ago from this day, we took commitments. And maybe some of you, if you were here, this was a commitment card that some of you filled out. And a year ago, we asked for a two-year commitment. And over the two-year commitment... We um, came in, your committed amount was about $1.1 million over a two-year process. So far, we're a year into it, and we have gotten a grand total of what's come in in one year of $841,362.58. That's one year we got that. That is awesome. That's awesome. Here's what's really cool about this about our Come Alive initiative that we're doing. Uh, so we're probably about four, maybe five, you know how construction works sometimes, four or five weeks out before groundbreaking actually transpires and takes place. Um, this past Thursday, there was a group of us from the church that went up to Miller Davis and Kalamazoo, who is our construction management firm that we're going through, and we had bid openings. So there's certain categories that companies bid on, like if you want excavating, bid on that. If you want to do all the painting, bid on that. If you want to do drywall, bid on that. And it was really cool. They come in all envelopes, and we're all sitting there. We have no idea. Miller Davis doesn't know what, what's inside the envelopes, and they sit there, and they open all, all of them up in front of us, pull them out, and they read what category they fall in, company name, and how much that that company's bidding on. There's about 11 or so, 10 or 11 categories in this project. And many of them came under bid, came under what we expected, which is awesome. Yes. 
So, all right, let's clap. Ready? Clap, 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 clap. Three of them came much higher than expected. All right? So, those, I'll just be full transparency here. What are the, those three categories came in twice as expensive as what was projected. So, what Miller Davis is going to do is what they are in the process of is they have interviews tomorrow and Tuesday for all the low bidders. They do interviews and want to see all their safety records and all that stuff, and then they'll award bids. Those three categories that were twice as what is projected, they are going to interview definitely those three uh, that, that were in those categories and say, tell us why they were so pricey, and also, we're going to rebid those three. Thank you for that. Yes, like, yes, we're going to rebid those three. So that's why we also have about a three, four, maybe five-week uh, process because we need to rebid those three categories because they were twice as what Miller Davis and us we had expected, So, which is good. We're not just going with super high bids, right? So what does that mean for us? That means God's still moving, and, and here's full transparency. I left away excited, but yet a little bit discouraged. I was like, oh, man, because now we got to wait a couple extra weeks, and we got to rebid these. Like, oh. Friday morning, I do my routine. Get up, take a shower, get my coffee, sit in my chair, do my devotion. Every day I do that, every morning. And I got there, and I'm working my way through the Gospel of Luke. And I happen to turn. And I'm reading, and I came across the one verse. This is with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Coincidence? I think not. I needed that right there in that moment. Why was I on that chapter of Luke the day after hearing the bids? God's got a plan. And what I'm asking is, for some of us, you committed, and some of you filled your commitment cards. Listen, these commitments, you will never get a bill from us. That's not our goal. We always say this commitment was between you and God for those that committed last year. It's between you and God. Why do we have to know it? Because we got to know how much money we can actually spend on something, right? We got to just know that. That's why we need it. But you will never hear us bug you for the money. Ever. And I make that statement right now in front of you. Ever will I bug you for this money. Never, ever. That's you and God. God first, that's going to be you. But what, well, some of us, we have no idea. We didn't make commitments. These are in your be, right in front of you. They should be uh, by you, these commitment cards. What I've learned through this is we're going to still have to dig deep, friends. We're about you know, four or five weeks out from actual building. We're going to need you to dig deep. Dig deep. But with God, all things are possible. What's awesome is uh, you, as you leave in a moment, as you leave in the next 10 minutes, you're going to get a wristband. That they're new wristbands. If you were here last year, you got them, but different colors this time. It says, come alive. And on the back side, it says, pray big. That's what I'm reminded every single day is to pray big. Pray big. So the commitment cards, if you're giving already, just I, I want to remind you because I haven't done in a long time. These envelopes, these come alive envelopes are in front of you. So every week you come in or whenever, you can slip in that come alive just so we know it's separate from our general offering, so we don't confuse all that. That's why we have Come Alive envelopes. They're there for you. Also, if you are new in the last year, since we launched Come Alive, and you're like, this is new and fresh and, hey, awesome, these orange bags on the stage are for you. For, so if you were here last year, you 
already got a bag, you got one of those white bags. So this is for all the newbies in the last year. Grab these bags, lots of information in there. But as you walk out, you'll get new pens, you'll get new uh, bracelets. And then I want to mention this last thing. And praise team, you can start making your way up. It's 14 days of prayer that we're going to launch tomorrow for all of us. That we're in prayer for this still. Because I know life can happen and we can get busy and kind of forget about this thing. But 14 days of prayer. And these pamphlets are there for you as you leave this morning. But I'm going to ask us a favor outside of 14 days of prayer. I'm going to ask that from now until the end of the year when everything's built for phase one. That we all be in prayer for unity. Unity for our staff. Unity for our board. And unity for all of you. Because I know that the enemy of our souls, when God is moving and we're growing and we're doing things, the enemy will try to get a foothold wherever he can and cause chaos and disruption. So will you agree with me that from now until December 31st, we're praying for unity together? And remember, this isn't about us. It's about him. And it always will be. It's about him. It's about him. It's about him. At this time, ushers, you can come forward. Turn to your neighbor and say, throw it off. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him, come alive. Friends, I'm so excited what God's going to do. I told second service this, I missed it. In May, we're going to launch a new vision to you as well. It's like, Ryan, just get us through the building. Nope. The building will come. But there's more vision that God has given us as a church. And you're going to hear some big vision come in May as well. I think this vision will radically transform our community even greater. To help reaching the broken and the least of these. So come May. You're going to hear more casting of new vision. It's going to get cause even greater excitement. Man, I'm just ready. I'm ready to wreck. I'm ready to wreck this community for Jesus. Amen? Hey, thank you guys for being obedient. If you're a guest with us, welcome to Radiant Life. You know, you can show us a great week. And uh, you can grab your connection card for the rest of us. We grab those connection cards at the bottom of the handout and put that in the plate. Sign up for baptism or next steps. And uh, if you are a guest, you can take your connection card to Guest Central. So right outside these doors to the left, the metal structure there, we got a gift bag to say thanks for worshiping with us. But we're, we're going to pray. We're going to pray big. We're going to pray big. And people are going to start throwing things off and coming alive in Jesus' name. Why don't we stand? I'm going to pray for us. And then the team's going to close us in a song. Father God, we pray this every week. That you would bless both the gift and the giver that you would use this offering to multiply your kingdom, that you would use this offering to help people throw off the crowd, to throw off the coat, to throw off the cup. May we come alive in you, Jesus' name. And may people come in and say, you know what? Because of the obedience of radiant life, I know that the resurrected king has resurrected me. And I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing and what you're still going to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.